Kentucky Roll Call Podcasts are brought to you by Cornbread Hemp. Do you cheer for a team without a head coach? Is prayer the only way you'll hear your team's name on Selection Sunday? You might be suffering from depression, anxiety, or what we like to call March Sadness. Have no fear, Cornbread Hemp is here. Cornbread Hemp's organic, full-spectrum CBD products have just what you need to relieve everyday anxiety. Try our Extra Strength Gummies today. Use the promo code BIGX at checkout and get 30% off your purchase at cornbreadhemp.com. Don't wait to beat the buzzard. Try Cornbread Hemp today. Bueller, 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 Bueller. Good morning. Tip, tip of the cap to tip of the tip. Be- cat, just the cat, just... Cats. 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 Cats tip. Tip of the cap. Terry Wilson. He's going to throw. Conrad. Touchdown. Kentucky. Touchdown. Kentucky. <laughs> Victory. Kentucky. Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They, Rubbish. There's buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison. Beyond we did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeed. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable. What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20. Down. Five. Touchdown. Kentucky. Jesus, Rash. Get it together. Yeah, it's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Thursday to you. February 24th, 2022. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen, the gang, all here on your Thursday. Maybe a little sleep deprived, but excited, pumped up, ready to go, ready to talk sports, ready to do some KRC after a nice Kentucky win, roller coaster of a game, some not great moments, some really exciting, fun moments. But ultimately, at the end of the day, Roush, we get to talk all about it in a win. It's the best thing out there. Nothing better than winning. Ah, winning is the best. Many people are saying that. I agree. Couldn't couldn't agree more. And it didn't look like it. It didn't look like Kentucky mm-hmm. was going to to win. Not for not for all forty minutes, at least. UK playing again without. Ty Ty Washington and Severe Wheeler. So Roush was accurate with that with that uh-huh. prediction. Hey, one of us had to get it right, if, except if Ty Ty was the only one playing. So except, we covered yeah. 75% of our bases. We had to hit one of them. And speaking of only one of us getting it right, if I remember correctly, only one person picked Kentucky to win on this UK-themed sports radio show. If I remember, Who did that? Who, who picked the Cats? That would be Roush. The Hoosier Scooter Dingus, or was it me? I picked LSU. 
You two goobers. It was me. Of course, uh, there's anything with getting something right on this radio show. You guys, know, hey, you guys know who it's coming from. That, that Providence pick, it, you know what? Never in doubt, TJ. Not Holy moly. Not for a single. Did you all get in on that with me or no? Oh, yeah, I was in. I, I got in too, and I, I had a hook <laughs> at two and a half. And boy. Oh, I added a two, so like there's a lot of moments I felt pretty solid about the push, but that that three at the end of double overtime, I was like, no, come on, please. And then they reviewed it, and I was like, oh no, it was definitely a three. Please do not make this a two, because if it was a two, then Providence would have only won by one. But oh, it was a super profitable gambling night yesterday, which feels very good. The Providence line, it. I, I didn't understand it. I guess I Vegas was right. That one came right down to the wire, but a triple overtime game, and Xavier uh, cannot cover. Providence wins. They've won so many games by narrow margins. It's absolutely mm-hmm. insane. Roush looked like the Cats were going to cover for a time, and then the final two minutes happened. Mm. I'm sure Keon Brooks does not have some fans out there this morning. Just, uh... <laughs> I stayed away from that line just because, you know. unless stinky. Unless you're betting LSU, not knowing if two UK starters are playing or not, uh, it's a little risky to take the Cats. But that being said, if you did, you probably felt like you probably maybe even went to bed thinking you were probably safe when the Cats were up by up by 15. But trouble with that pressure, trouble with the with the the final, just closing out the games. LSU certainly made it interesting. Let's just trust tree it, open it up. This is a safe space. Justin, I know you don't. You're not as invested as Roush and I are, but but Roush, did you get nervous? Did you did was there a moment during those final two minutes you thought, wait, we may Kentucky may lose this game. This we, we may be in trouble here. Uh, there was one moment, and it was I think like the third straight turnover, um, and it was. It, it, the the reason why I was worried is not because of like what LSU was going to do, like the spectacular things LSU was going to do, but like Keon Brooks was throwing the ball in, and it, that has to be Kellen Grady. The problem is, is you don't have anybody else to get open, so it was re, you, you were really in a bind. So um, I, I, it's not like I even if they were going to make that layup to cut it to two. Thought everything was gonna be okay, but there, the, that last, um, it, it was the it was a turnover that Keon had throwing the ball in. Where I was just like, "You've got to be freaking kidding me!" But th- that that was the oh gosh, they actually th- they can do this if all of the chips go the right way because Kentucky's completely collapsing against this press. Yeah, and the the moment you're talking about was when LSU got it to its closest, which was four points when. Uh, quite literally just 80 seconds before Kentucky was up by 12 points. So it, I, I never thought Kentucky was actually going to lose the game, but there was a part of me that was like, all right, if LSU gets this ball with a chance to tie or God forbid, take the lead. But if they have, a, if they get the ball with a chance to tie, I know they got it to four and theoretically you could shoot a three and get fouled, but uh 
talking about a realistic one possession game. I was like, they're going to score. Like they'll tie it up if they get a chance to tie it up. So let's hope that it gets no closer than four points. And and, and it didn't. So I didn't get super nervous, but I was kind of frustrated, mainly because it was like 11-15. I just wanted to go to bed. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. That was the big thing. I was like, are we going to have another Providence Xavier thing on our hands? This game just never going to end. That game took three and a half hours to play. Yeah, they had, a, they, had a little, they had a leaky roof similar to the Yum Center, uh, so they had to stop play for for a little bit there, and then just naturally it was a long game, and on top of it went to three overtime. So yeah, crazy. Yeah, it, it took forever. UK's game started like nine oh five, didn't until about eleven thirty ish, give or take, and that was a long one too. Those nine o'clock ones, they are late, but hey, here's some news. As far as we know, UK is finished with late games. Now, if they finish with that three seed in the SEC tournament, they'll play a late game in in Tampa. Uh, and then the NCAA tournament, of course, UK always seems like that first-round game, for the most part, is a late game. So, But as the calendar shows, no more, no more late ones as it stands right now. No more Wednesday games for Kentucky. That is true throughout the rest of the season. They won't play on a Wednesday again and uh they've got one tuesday game next week but the rest of it will be will be weekends so one uh we're getting close to the finish we we could saturday's a big day for that friday late night game because it's it's kind of cool how it's shaken out on saturday we will have a de facto sec tournament semifinals auburn is right now in first place They'll be playing the fourth-place team, Tennessee, and Kentucky, the second-place team in the SEC, will be playing the third-place team, Arkansas. So uh, a lot of seeding is still up in the air. Uh, Kentucky has a one-game lead on third and fourth place, and they're one game behind Auburn. So uh, depending on the results Saturday, I mean, hell, there could be a realistic four-way tie um, by the end of this, correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's not impossible. I am uh... – I I don't feel great about Saturday. That's even if Kentucky was 100% healthy. It's the toughest place, in my opinion, to play in the SEC. Uh, and Arkansas is good. And Note would be a really tough matchup, even if Kentucky was completely healthy. Uh, it's going to be a tough game. So if UK loses that one, regardless of what happens with Tennessee and Auburn, UK and Arkansas would be tied, whether, I guess, for second place at that point. Uh, they would be tied, and the tiebreaker would go to Arkansas, obviously. So that would – I think there's a good chance we'll go into next week, Roush, with UK at the moment being that not-so-coveted three seed. Uh, and there's a chance if Tennessee ups upsets Auburn, Kentucky will be fourth Monday show. Auburn will still be in first a game up on everybody else, uh, the other three teams. Uh, but with the way the tiebreakers would work, if, if Tennessee and Arkansas, if the home teams in this little SEC semifinal preview, if they take care of business, then Kentucky at that point would be the four seed with two two games to go. I don't, again, I, I don't think the four seed is the worst thing in the world at all. I'm more, like, I, I don't, if Kentucky goes two and one to finish the year, and that ends up being a four seed, so be it. Whatever. I, I don't really have any issue with it. Whatever. How? Uh, any any way you splice it. But if they go one and two, they're not losing to Ole Miss at home. So that's one win. You can lock that one. But if they lose their last two road games 
and then they end up finish with the four seed because they lost. I'll be a little bit more disappointed in that. But still, as we've mentioned here on Kentucky Roll Call, the four spot is not the worst way to go through things in Tampa. Yes, you would theoretically have to play the one seed sooner, but in a setting where you're playing three games in three days, is that the worst thing in the world to give the number one seed your best shot where your legs aren't as tired? I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. But I'd rather do I'd rather Kentucky end up that way because of tiebreaker rules, Roush, instead of just solidifying their spot with losses. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Um, but what doesn't make sense is I remember a few years ago some folks on this radio show mocking me for being such an Arkansas butt slapper. Who's the Arkansas butt slapper now, Terry? Huh? huh? I'm, I'm admitting that Fayetteville is a tough place to play. That And Kentucky actually has won there, I believe, every year since 2014. I'm not talking. I'm not yeah, saying how wrong. Justin should go on a romantic vacation there and expect it to be the destination of his dreams. I will. That's what you got goofed on for, Roush. Just said it was a nice, it was a great place, great environment, and the tra- uh, the Arkansas is good. But Kentucky, Kentucky's. I mean, if we win it, if you, if you tell me a week ago, all right, you're in the middle of the most difficult stretch of your season. You're not going to have your guards and you're still winning games. I would have just been like, what? No way. It, because last night, last night was the formula for beating UK without its guards. Just the problem was, is that LSU is too stupid. They, they, they're idiots. Will Wade, idiot. You play this stupid style like you're Rick Pitino in 2005. You just foul, foul, foul. That kept Kentucky in the game. Kentucky had one assist on eight made field goals in the first half. And yet, I think it was only, what, a five-point game at halftime? And it was because they were going to the line so much. Kentucky doesn't shoot a ton of free throws, but they did against LSU. Uh, Easton fouled out with 10 minutes to go. Uh, Their other big guy was in foul trouble. I mean, they just fouled their way out of running away with this game because I I guess that's part of their problem. It's damned if you do. It's a double-edged sword, like, Yes, you make it difficult on their guards, but if you foul too much, then you let the team without any guards who can't do any offense get easy points. And that really helped until Bryce Hopkins had his moment and just he, – he went to banana land, man. UK's had 11-0 run, and he had nine points of it to help retake the lead. Absolute insane burst that I don't think anybody expected. What What do you think of – that from Hopkins uh, is where, where does your mind, where, where does Nick Roush's brain usually go where you see a bench player who, I don't know what Bryce Hopkins is averaging per game, but like seven minutes per game. And that may be generous. I'm not exactly 6.6. Sure. He was 11th on the team in minutes per game. Wow. What a nice guess on my part. But what, what do you make of that? When you see somebody like him go into the game and play so well, I know, and I don't think this is, I was going to say a negative fan take, but I don't think it's really a negative fan take. I think some people just, their brain goes to this spot. Do you think like, wow, this is a clear sign he should have been playing more. And it's nice to see him play well, and that's exciting, but this is just an indication he's got to get more minutes. we got to find ways to get him out there on the court. Where, where does your brain go where you see a good surprise performance like this? It's neither of those. Um, I think it's a good sign of depth. Uh, I kind of alluded to it last night. Like we also had the the Damian Collins game earlier this year. It reminds me of the the fourteen team where you had the Marcus Lee moments when his number got called because of Willie Cauley Stein's injury. Uh, Dominique Hawkins stepping up. Like I just think that's a sign of a quality team that can be a hard out in March. Like I don't think you have to do anything drastic. But this whole time that 
Hopkins has been getting random minutes here and there, and you're like, what is he even doing in the game? Like, Cal not giving up on these guys and just and not like saying I'm only playing seven or eight players. I don't trust any of you to do anything. That's huge. That is, I, I just I didn't realize like okay, the, he obviously sees something here, and there's potential to have one or two of those games down the stretch. And what it also tells me, TJ, is that we're going to have a Dante Allen game. Like, it, I, I know that injuries have given him these opportunities for a few minutes here and there. One of these games, they're going to have to put him in, and he's just going to hit like five threes. That, that's, that's kind of where I'm at with this team right now, that I love Kentucky's first eight. And then if you've got to go deeper, one of those guys might be able to do something extraordinary for you and make it to where you can advance in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, it makes you just feel – it does. It's almost like a security blanket. And now we've got a security blanket for several different Kentucky players. Uh, it was cool to see a lot's going to be made, and rightfully so, of UK's bench and other player reactions to seeing Hopkins play well. This gets thrown around every season. It's hyperbole. It's a prisoner of the moment take. All the cliches that you want to use. But I don't know if I can remember a Calipari team that seemed to enjoy playing with one another as much as this team does. Both on the court, in actual game moments. Uh, and that's crazy. I don't think I would have a million years would have ever said that in December based on the way the chemistry of this team mm -hmm, yeah. uh, looked. It just it, it looked off. There was, there was something clunky. Yeah, and it wasn't like, hey, this is definitely never going to work. You could tell it was just probably going to take some time, but you were hoping having a more normal offseason, they'd be further along with the experience that they had. But it was a bunch of different pieces coming from a bunch of different places. It was going to take some time to gel. But, you know, the 15 team, they were all about each other, obviously. The 2012 team, winning goes along with this. That's not a coincidence. Winning makes everybody happier makes things easier. You don't get as bothered or worked up about this or that or the other. But this team seems to love one another. And Toppin's reaction, Roush, oh, that was a nice oh. collegiate athletics moment right there for that that was that was that was fun to see and it was like you know game was very much still in the in balance yeah like mm -hmm. okay you know go give them go give them some celebration show that you're proud of them but let's let's, let's not take this over the top i thought well, they were gonna dump like a gatorade bath on them the uh and when I, I so i did a couple of those camps around the state this summer and like I did one in Bardstown, did one in E-Town. I think I did one in Oldham County too. And you could – like th there was something different about this team in regards to experience. And you mentioned that 15 team because like that, that team had been around. Like those guys had been together for a long time. And I, I think in this – like Jacob Toppin and Lance Ware, I didn't know what exactly they were going to do for this team. But I knew they'd be important because just the way they carried themselves amongst the rest of the crew. Like, they were the the guys who were joking with fans, with their teammates, clowning on them. Like, the coaches. I mean, Toppin is a real big personality, and so is Lance. And I, I think that's the only way you can get move past a difficult season and through pandemic is kind of joke your way through it. And that's, I mean, Lance Ware last night, the, the, the picture of him holding the, how about Bryce with the date on it? Like it's freaking Wilt Chamberlain. It, it is so damn funny. Like it's just hilarious. These guys, these guys are a joy to watch a joy to keep up with. And I, 
I, I really think too that that sort of uh, you know yes I'm probably overselling this but like these dudes aren't going to think like a moment's too big because they they're really comfortable in their own skin they're really comfortable with each other and they're really supportive of one another you're not going to have any sort of like oh Malik Monk's on the bench or like any sort of animosity towards one another it's it's a very beloved team and uh, I mean I just it's it's so much fun this has been so great thanks guys this has been fun I was gonna say the exact same thing that like I I've really and coming off a pandemic year where March Madness was stolen away from us and then Kentucky follows that up with one of its worst seasons in program history Kentucky fans were due to fall in love, to be romantic here. They were due to have a kind of blow-up explosion, let's get overly excited about things season. And I feel like UK fans normally dive right in to that type of enthusiasm and willingness to cheer on their team. It was putting a few toes in this year. Mm-hmm. Um and just kind of going slow. I think some Kentucky fans were worried of getting their hopes up or, or whatever it may be. Um, and, I, and I don't blame those folks. But now it just seems like everybody is on board with, one, this team being as fun as a group to watch that Calipari's had, uh, if not number one, certainly in the top three, I think, for most folks. Uh, it seems like a great group of kids. You can say that about most Kentucky teams, I know. But this one – especially Uh, they're winning in different ways. You have a confidence of what they can do in March uh, as much. Maybe, you know, I can't speak to everybody. Obviously I can just speak personally, but 2012, you knew that that was going to be a special March run 2010. I thought that that team was going to win more than three tournament games, but I thought that was going to be a long run. Uh, 15, obviously you felt that way. 17. I felt that way. 19. I felt that way. 20. I would have felt that way. 21 didn't happen, obviously. Nightmare of a season. 22, I'm right back to as like optimistic as March expectations. You start stacking all these things up. And then this is one thing that I don't think is being talked about as much. I don't think it's for no other reason than maybe people just don't aren't really talking about this conversation. But this is one of Calipari's best coaching jobs too, Rush. You get a likable bunch. You get this powder keg of excitement for Kentucky fans waiting for a good season. Calipari makes the offseason moves that a lot of fans were clamoring for, which in reality were just moves that he makes every offseason, but not the coaching per se. That that was something UK fans wanted, and they were and it was delivered, but in terms of getting the players, getting shooters, stuff like that, that was a little bit overblown. But everything went to plan, and then Calipari saved one of his best coaching seasons of his career for this. I didn't see that coming, Roush. I knew this was going to be a fun year. I knew it was going to be a fun group. I knew it should be a good team. Expectations for different people change from preseason and it changes throughout the season. That's all right. I think most people thought that this team could do some damage. I did not anticipate Calipari saving one of his best coaching jobs ever for this group because that's what he's done. And he deserves the credit for it. Should he be national coach of the year? I do think he should be a nomination. I don't know if they even do nominations, but I think he should be in the conversation. It'd be a little tough not to give it to the Arizona guy just because they have been so good. But I would probably put Calipari second, if I'm being honest, Roush. To do this with this group, coming off of last season, it's been impressive. And then now, this new hurdle 
that I think Calipari has kind of thought of as house money, but in reality, it's actually super impressive. Winning without two starters that just so happen to be your point guards, the only point guards on the team. It's an unreal coaching job. You mix all that stuff in, and this is going to be a frenzy in this state over the next few weeks, and rightfully so. Man, uh, a frenzy. It's got people. Folks are probably a little winded, though. Uh, My dad was at the game last night. said he got home at 2, so. Cool. Yeah. Nobody you was leaving early from that one. Yeah, you are. You aren't, and it's the old nine o'clock. That's a. It's that, that's coming from Louisville. Crowd's good though, and I thought like in the first half it was a little sleepy, but Kentucky was playing poorly, and it was a nine o'clock game. But in that second half, crowd sounded great. But you tell me. Let, let's look at some of the Justin. What do you think? It. What do you do? You think this is one of Calipari's best coaching jobs? Oh, without question. Without question. But I, but I also, at the same time, think it's without question one of Calipari's best teams, period. Ooh. You do? From, I do. From, oh, yeah. From a talent standpoint? Because I think you can make a case talent-wise, this team is not – you know, I know the stats speak differently, but if you were just looking at this team on paper from a talent standpoint, I don't know if I would put it in the top five of Calipari teams. Now, as the season went on, I think that would probably prove me wrong. But I don't think it'd be a hot take to say that in the preseason. For me, they're they are probably top three talent wise that Cal's had while he's there. I mean, just look, take for example Bryce Hopkins last night. Like this dude's averaging six minutes a game, barely even scores, and then he comes out and does what he does. And then you you, know, you of course you all brought up the Damian Collin games. Collins game like those are two guys that aren't even playing for Kentucky that I I actually even told my roommate this last night I think Collins as well as Hopkins start for at least 80 percent of other college programs yep I would totally agree with that when you take into consideration how there's like 360 D1 teams uh, pretty much not every non-power five team both those dudes are starters and and putting up good minutes but that that's again I think another thing and that's fine. Allow me to be a Calipari butt slapper in this instance because mm. it, it's deserved. It's, it, I mean, it really is. But to be able to just go to your bench with guys that get under seven minutes per game on the season and they go in there and they do impressive things. And, and Justin's right. It's been Damien Collins before. Dante Allen has been given opportunities. He's, he's had a few shots here or there. He hasn't really had his big breakout game just yet. No, he's he's another guy, though, that he's probably the sixth man off the bench for 80% of college programs. Doesn't even play for you all. Uh, you're, 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 that's a good point. That's a good point about the overall talent. Uh, it, there's more experience. There's more returning guys uh, than John Calipari's used to. But you take that in, the thing that, that he's done with the bench, and then this most recent stretch, winning without two starters. I mean, let's do a little exercise here. Actually, let's take a break and then come back and do a little exercise. Roush, okay. I know you're not crazy about exercise, but you willing yeah, to. Especially lately. I did want to share who that Cats fan, though. He, he tweeted in a concern he had about his guys deep on the bench. Just like, God, don't give him a quick cook, 30 seconds. Well, why don't we go to the break like we said, and we'll come and you and we'll we'll tease the stuff that we tease. Uh, sorry, my brain. It's it's you know it's halfway give, there. Give who that cats fans tweet the time it deserves instead of just rushing right through. We'll do that. We'll do that. Get some more coffee. It was a late night. 
Go to yeah, for your going to go get my Thornton's coffee. Yeah, get yourself some. It's National Chili Day. It seems like it's the, the 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 national days are getting out of control. Anyways, get yourself some Thornton's. It's National Thornton's Coffee Day. Just declared here on Kentucky Roll Call. We'll be back. This is I'm looking for Kentucky Roll Call. What do you know about Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush? Welcome back. Kentucky Roll Call. Cold, wet, ugly morning. But it's a feel-good Thursday after another impressive Kentucky win. Take your time driving. A lot of reports in Louisville, at least, of black ice and slick spots. So be careful. Take your time. Take your time. And more ugly weather tonight and throughout the day. But that's fine. Nothing can stop me. Spring is right around the corner. Warm weather's coming. Justin, the Hoosiers play tonight. That's a big game for your March. Well, weird. And one of the. I'm glad Kentucky's not in this spot, although comparatively these type of games happen across the board but hate these ga- hate the game for you tonight Justin because you can't really get too excited about a win cuz it's Maryland that's what you're supposed to do but a loss really would feel pretty crushing oh, let's not so even discuss that it's nothing but nerves cuz you don't really get too much out of it you have a ton to lose i think IU will be fine but yeah. I, I i hate those games for you buddy yeah, it's all right. I mean, like you said, they're going to win. It's going to be not probably all that exciting. But, hey, we're playing on Thursday. Do you like Do you like the Thursday? No. Was that a good no. thing? Or, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe if I get a Monday game every week, the same week I get Thursday games, maybe I would come around to it. But, no, this terrible schedule. Wouldn't hate the occasional UK Thursday game. Uh, give me an excuse maybe to go to, like, a bar with some friends, assuming it wasn't a 9 o'clock game. Wouldn't love them regularly i'd only want maybe one or two of them the only day of the week that i'd be totally out on is monday uh, yeah monday stink it'd be nice to have a game to look forward to but then having to do radio the rest of the week without yeah, yeah it'd just be tough. tough i wouldn't like it and then just as a fan it sucked too it'd be like okay monday was fun exciting but nothing to really look forward to till saturday so what about the monday thursday <laughs> that that I'm fine with that. The, the the couple big big ten teams that have done that, yeah, that would be okay. That would be the exception there. Assuming you'd still get like a Sunday game. Yeah, this this upcoming Sunday. Yeah, yeah, I'd I'd be okay with that. All right, who that cats fan tweeted in as Roush said. He said, "Where here's where my brain goes in regards to Hopkins going out there having a big game. Collins has had a few big games coming off the bench." Cal is way too ridiculous about the guys on the rotation 8 through 11. Maybe let them play longer than 30 or 60 seconds before giving them the hook on the first mistake. He wants them to do something immediately to justify the chance. I would agree, but I would – I mean, we're splitting hairs here. Don't give them the hook after one possession, but I think you know after like four or five if they're going to do anything today or not. It, it it doesn't take a whole lot to know. Maybe not. 
maybe give them enough rope to make more than one mistake. I think those guys have proven enough. But after two or three, like, you know pretty quickly, I think, if, if they're going to do anything or not. Yeah, I think it's situational to some degree. In this instance, who that Cats fan, when two starters out, I'd probably agree with you that you just got to give some guys a little bit longer. to Because not like, you know, Hopkins, one thing I love about him, really you can make a case for any, anybody on the team, but you notice it more with the bench people just because it's um, it's a little bold. But I, I they, they are not shy. Any of these players coming in off the bit, they they could have played two minutes the entire season. They'll come in and they'll get a little bit of space from eighteen feet, and they'll let that bad boy rip. Uh, you see it all the you see it with the, you see it with Hopkins, you see it with Collins, you'll see it with Allen. I love it. Good. You you should be aggressive. You sh- and it, you, if you make that shot, probably going to get you a few more minutes. Um, you don't get you don't have to get taken out for for missing a shot. I think you'll get more likely to be taken out if you take a bad shot. But if you miss an open shot, Cal doesn't have an issue with it. But Hopkins went in there and he was aggressive, and it didn't really work out too well the first couple possessions. It didn't look great. I think he maybe scored the first one, but the second one or so he missed a shot. And if Cal would have pulled him, do you have that Bryce Hopkins game? Right. Uh, now, last night, a little bit different. You needed more bodies in different situations. The game was more physical. Um, so in this instance, who that Cats fan, I normally agree with you. But on the flip side, Cal sees these guys in practice every day. He's coaching them. They're doing their game planning and whatnot. And I'd like to think for at least a few of them, a situation similar to this presents itself where Cal will say, all right, Dante, you're going in. Your guard number seven, uh, I guess there's not a number seven in basketball. Your guard number five, they they do backdoors with number five all the time. You got to play off of them. Do not overplay. He's going to beat you backdoor. First possession gets beaten backdoor. What's Cal? Like, you know, if you're Cal, you got to send a message. You'd be like, listen, we are telling you this stuff. Until you start listening and start putting pen to paper, you're not going to play. So get back out and get back on the bench. And we're sorry. We told you that that's the thing they're going to. So in that instance, yes, I could see how that could get frustrating for Calipari. You'd rather have a quick hook. But when you're down two starters and the offense was struggling as much as it was yesterday, you've got to be able to keep guys in there uh, and see what they can bring to the table. And that's what you got from Hopkins. And it was exciting. And it was it was really cool to see. Uh, we mentioned that this is the little exercise I want to do, but Calipari, I think doing one of his better coaching jobs of his career, two starters down, both happen to be point guards in this instance, and you beat two tournament teams. Super impressive. I don't think you get bonus points right. for that from the selection committee. You should, you, though. It should you, be like a double-digit margin of victory. I, I, I There's a little part of me that I, I agree with you. Because, like, they say they take into account injuries. Like, if you're losing and you have your good players hurt, well, what if you're winning with your good players hurt? That's bonus points. They do say that. They do say if you're losing and you've got players out, they'll take that in consideration. Of course, most notably, I think, for a lot of people, was 2018 Duke. or No, 2019 Duke, excuse me. 2019 Duke, where they had Zion and they had injuries and all that good stuff. I agree, and I, it should almost be like a little bit of a bonus. Where, all right, if you got starters out and you still win against a decent team, that's bonus points for you. Uh, now you risk it by going out there and potentially losing without playing starters. But if you go out there and you win, we're going to give you some bonus points for it against two tournament teams. 
Let's do this little exercise. You tell me if these teams are winning without these players. Gonzaga. I did the second leading scorer and the team's leading assist. UK only with three assists last night. That's absolutely so wild. Bad. Total? Three assists. Total. And they won. Wow. Yeah. Not good. They need their point. And you also saw the press at the end. They need their point guards back. They need their ball handlers and distributors back. So I, I took the team's second leading scorer, because that's what Ty Ty Washington is, and then the team's leading assist, uh, leader in assists. And if the T and if it was the same person, then I just went to the fifth leading scorer, because that's what Wheeler is for, for Kentucky. Holmgren. Chet Holmgren, not sure if you've heard of him at Gonzaga. And Nibar, the, the one-time Florida player who's been at Gonzaga now for a couple of years. You, you think Gonzaga's beating two tournament teams, two six seeds or better with, with those two players out? They couldn't even beat Alabama with those players. No. That, you know what? They might even just stay in the locker room. I, I'm sure they would be shaking in their jock straps just thinking about playing a team with a plus 500 record. Yeah, without without their top blocker, uh, their leading point guard, I don't think it's going to go too well for them. I like Timmy, but I don't think he can do it all in that instance, not against quality uh, opponents. Okay, Green from Auburn and KD Johnson. Now, that's not their best two players. No. You can make a case that Kentucky's not without their best two players. Ty Ty, maybe in the conversation, but you'd have to probably go with Kentucky's best player, the national player of the year, who, by the way, another plus 15 points and rebounds <laughs> night last night, trying to become the first college basketball player in 40 years to average 15 oh, above 15 and 15. He, he passed uh, Anthony Davis and Julius Randle's uh, rebounding marks last night too. Uh, best rebounding season since the 50s. That's unbelievable because Julius Randle played 40 basketball games in yeah. his college career in his one season where he set that record. 40. Yep. Oscars yep. played, what, 27? Yep. 29? <laughs> Somewhere in that ballpark? So, same thing with Anthony Davis. They were both in national championship games. <laughs> and, and Oscars already surpassed him. He's got to be national player of the year, you all. I'm telling you, he was great again last night. The headband threw me off at the beginning. It was weird to see. But he did. It, it, it grew if, on me. He did great. If Kentucky would have lost that game last night, I 100% would have came in here blaming Oscar because of the headband decision. You may have to. You, like, you, what are we doing? Why? Why are you going to be the whole the same player the whole season, and then all of a sudden you throw on a headband? Like that was reckless, Oscar. Yeah, but it worked. Yeah, it worked. It did work. He's a crazy kid. He did say that he had to get a bigger headband because the LSU players were making fun of his big head. <laughs> Don't make fun of Oscar LSU, you jerks. He's the nicest guy in college basketball. Also, you're poking the bear, you idiots. Like, God, they're so dumb. Just, yeah, I, I, I don't want to get too far away from your conversation, though, because I think when you mentioned Green and Johnson for Auburn. The reason why they've kind of, like, they lost because those guys were bad down the stretch. Like, not, not just like they didn't have him. They just didn't play well. And they almost lost to Georgia for the same reason. Katie Johnson basically tried to shoot them out of the game. Yes, they they would be losers. Not Kentucky, though. Not Kentucky. I'll do I'll do a few more, but the overall theme you all are already getting it is that like it would be tough to take these two players off these other top ten teams and then go out and beat two quality opponents. For Purdue, it'd be Edie and Stefanovich, Justin. Those two guys with Purdue without those two guys. That maybe Ivy would just take over a game. Yeah, and they they'd be okay. okay. They they could be okay. 
but I don't, I don't know. You, you put them against some Big Ten teams. Well, um, you got, you still have Williams inside, and sure. then, yeah, Jaden Ivey. Yeah, those, those are two game, game changers of their own in their own right. And maybe, they're, maybe Purdue they, may they, be the only team that would be okay. Maybe, maybe they could carry the day for one game. I agree with you. Maybe they could do it for two. I'm not sure it's a guarantee. And then that being said, it wasn't a guarantee. Kentucky went two and oh, they that things did not look great in both those games. But they they rallied. They found a way. For Duke, it'd be more an AJ Griffith who has really turned it on as of late. But that wouldn't be good news for Duke. For UCLA, it'd be Jacquez and Tiger Campbell. They're not winning without both those guys. Johnny Jazang's good, but take away those two guys, he'd literally have to do it by themselves. And and then for Tennessee, it'd be Viscovi and Fulkerson. And they, they're not winning without both those guys. So uh, Kentucky is doing something that I don't think a lot of teams could do. It's fun to watch. We're getting closer to March. This The, the train keeps rolling. And just uh, really been a fun last few weeks, Roush. It's been a whole fun season, really, for me. But uh, I, I've enjoyed seeing kind of the fan base rally around this team and Regular season's coming to an end. Unfortunately, everything in college basketball, at least when it comes to UK, but this is the case for most teams, it's going to be judged by March. So everything that's already happened, you know, we're eventually just going to kind of throw out for the most part. But it's been a hell of a ride up to this point. Really, uh, really getting into college basketball zone. I mean, we've said it multiple times, but like watching that Providence game, uh, I'd flipped it over. I mean, it started at seven and I flipped it over at halftime of the UK game that started at nine. And it was, we still had, I think, 30 more minutes of that game left. <laughs> it was crazy. It reminded me of uh, old Big East basketball when Syracuse used to only play 17 overtime games against UConn in the mm-hmm. Big East tournament. It's just like, oh man, we're back. Yeah. I, I, now I, Torres can say Big East is back. I do. I, I, the Big East is just, I love. I don't care who it is. I, I don't know if I'll watch DePaul Georgetown tonight, but for the most part, it doesn't matter really. Any given night, a Big East basketball game is pretty entertaining to watch. All ranked teams won last night. Um, so on the one hand, I don't know if Kentucky made up a lot of seeding ground per se, but you didn't really lose anything either. Uh, do you want to get to this Thornton Stex line? Yes, let's do it. 502-414-1450 is how you get in with the show. You text us, we read it, and I'm sure we've got plenty because you can just text us whenever throughout the day. Comments, questions, concerns. If we need to give uh, advice on the war in Russia, we, we can do that. We can do it all, DJ. We're a very versatile uh, radio show. We are, and good reminder that this radio show goes 7 to 9 Monday through Friday, replay of the show 9 to 11, and listen to the podcast wherever, whenever you get or can listen to podcasts. Just search for Kentucky Roll Call and the podcast brought to you by Cornbread Hemp. Yep, Cornbread Hemp. Uh, All organic CBD products. If you haven't tried CBD before, uh, you know, if you've got physical eggs, it could help with that, maybe a little joint pain, uh, or, or if it's mental. You're just worn out and you got some anxiety going through some stuff. Hey, it, it'll help relax it all away. And I, I was actually hearing another program that they sponsored. Not as good a deal as you're getting with the Big X. 30% off using the promo code Big X at cornbreadhemp.com. Try their extra strength gummies today. They even throw in a little bit of THC with that full spectrum CBD product. So give it a try. Cornbread Hemp, promo code Big X. Yeah, 30%. You're not going to get better than that, folks. 
Person, well, maybe you will, but not from other radio stations. Nope, not happening. It's blowing them out of the water. Texter, Lathorne's text line, 502-414-1450. Podcast listener and boys, I did it. I live in Lexington, but my work territory includes Evansville, Indiana. So I stayed in Louisville Tuesday night so I could enjoy Salsaritas, which I got a free entree. And now I'm heading to Evansville for the night because I scheduled meetings Thursday morning. So I will be enjoying the game till 10 p.m. And going to bed before eleven. Suck it, Eastern Time Zone. Oh man, that is that is such a like that that hits a lot of checkpoints for this show. Delicious salsaritas mm-hmm. uh, and time zones that can suck it. Most notably, the Eastern one. But he came yeah. to Louisville. Came to Louisville. Didn't hit me up to stay at our hotel. That's cool. No biggie. Well, wow. To, one, of, one of the nicest hotels in Louisville, but it's fine, dude. But he had, he had to get to Evansville for an early meeting, though. So he just stopped by to enjoy some salsaritas and, and watch some cats. Well, he stayed in Louisville Tuesday night. Oh. How do you know he didn't stay at your hotel, though, Scoots? Oh, That's he, true. That's true. Yeah, you were probably drinking some wine and eating crab while he was checking in. I was actually I was broadcasting that night. So, yeah, he could have been there, and I just had no idea. Maybe he came looking for me, and I just wasn't there. Maybe he was, he's the disappointed one. If you reach out to him, he's going to give you the discount to stay at the hotel. That's right. <laughs> Why don't you get the hotel to be a sponsor for, for, for real? Uh, we've actually discussed that. Truthfully, we really have. Um, just doesn't make a whole lot of sense financially for them. I mean, we're, we're uh, pretty well, a well-oiled machine rolling down the tracks. It's the big X. So yeah. it, they could be we'll bigger next year. Yeah. Sell harder. You, we could do like a KRC honeymoon sweepstakes giveaway, or you could have like a KRC promo code and you get, you know, you, you get some money off. Ooh, or you could, um, we could do the show from a hotel room. We could just talk yeah. about how nice it is. Wow. I'd go stay at that hotel. The, oh, I can't think of the word I'm looking for. What's the, the, the vibrato in our lobby? Is that is that the right word? Yeah, vibrato. It's it's amazing. You just get this. Oh, it's it's just great. The vibrato. I've never heard that word before. Vibrato. I don't know. They said it in Step Brothers. It's like uh, that's what he said when his family was singing "Sweet Child of Mine." Good vibrato, buddy. <laughs> Remember that? I do. Remember that? I do. So it, it they're sweet. <laughs> they're singing the Step Brothers song when you walk in the door. Well, no. So our lobby is like pretty open. So if you if you're a singer, go into our lobby and you can sing. And oh, it's just amazing. It sounds so great. I think oh. he's saying it's got good acoustics. Acoustics. There we go. That's what I'm looking for. There we go. Well, great. Then we could we'll, we'll sound great in the yeah. lobby. All right, you keep working on that, Justin. Okay. Uh, and I'm texter. I hope you enjoyed your salsaritas. I don't know how you couldn't. It's great and. You downloaded the Salsaritas app, so you got yourself a free entree. Two locations in Louisville, Middletown and St. Matthews. You can be like this texter. Enjoy it. Get some discounts. They're actually doing something today, because why wouldn't they be? It's They're always doing something. Here, what are we, what are we, what are we got today? Uh, it's National Tortilla Chip Day. Check your app for free chips and salsa. See, they're out of control. Wow. Yeah. Out of control. They're out of control. We love it. They're too generous. But we can't just have a national everything day every day. Salsaritas, you're going to go out of business if you do this. Hey, I just remembered we're doing salsaritas for lunch today at work. Woohoo! That's great. That's huge. Don't oh, forget I'm the pumped. extra season. That just that turned my whole day around. Ah, gotta love it. Gotta love it. 
Another texter on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Hot take, but charges should not exist in the game of basketball unless the offensive player lowers their shoulder, extends their elbow, or anything else similarly along those lines. It does not make any sense to reward the defensive player for literally just being where the offensive player is and falling down. Not to mention it's incredibly dangerous to have two people colliding at high speeds and then proceeding to fall. Redo the rules and the game will be better product as a result with higher scoring, less white people with shaved heads hitting the deck because they're not as athletic as other players. Yeah. Okay. Didn't need to bring race into this. That being <laughs> said, agreed with everything else, for, uh, uh, word for word. Ooh, and this allows me an opportunity to tell BTI to suck it. What a loser who's like, oh my gosh, how can you, how could you ever get mad at the refs for being bad at their job? As he was trying to like get me to admit that like, um, I don't know, something, I don't, I don't, I don't know what his point was, but like as that was happening, Providence in that game, the refs, tried to get out of the game early in overtime by calling a bogus flagrant foul, like an intentional flagrant foul, and it didn't work. Uh, Xavier ended up getting the ball back because they missed, uh, Providence missed a free throw. They went down and hit a three and forced another overtime. It was a big suck it to the officials for trying to call their way out of the game without it going three and a half hours. Nope, suck it. Suck it. Wow, I I don't follow BTI, but I'm see he he took a blatant shot at you. Oh, and then we went back and forth for a while. It's like no, you were you could you will never get me to concede that refs are ever good at their jobs. And like last night, yes, they should have been called for ten fouls, but you know what? They probably should have been called for thirty because they foul when they, they breathe. Do. They 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 do do not know how to play defense. They just play like. They could suit up for Brian Kelly's team because that's the only way they know how to play. They cannot play defense without using their hands. And it's not a bad strategy. Like, it's going to bite you in the butt on the road like it did last night, kind of, allow me to add on to that point. But it benefits you hugely at home. And then on a neutral site, as Patino showcased, it's more of a benefit than it is a hindrance. And on the road, yeah, it can get you. But even in... Guess what? When LSU came back, guess what they weren't calling? Fouls. Because they had already called 90 fouls on LSU at that point. Uh, they kind of swallowed their whistle late. Eventually, refs will do that. Mm -hmm. And and they're not going to call every single thing. You're right. I mean, Oscar gets fouled every time. And he got, he got fouled every time last night. They didn't call all of them. Uh, and then there's another point to BTI that, like, you're also kind of making our points for us, even if you think that you're right. There's a problem with home versus road officiating in the SEC, really throughout all of college basketball, but it's especially bad in our conference. So you're kind of making the point that we make that the foul count wasn't 10 to 1 LSU to Kentucky when they were in Baton Rouge. So did these teams just automatically start playing differently or was the game officiated differently? Which one of those two things do you think is more likely? And if the answer is, well, the game was officiated differently, why is that? Why is the change of location a difference in the way the game is going to be called? Because the they're answer, not good at their job. They're not good That's... at their jobs. And they're grown adults that get influenced by people clapping in the stands. Yeah. So, suck it, BTI. Yeah, Take out your suck it and suck it. Gosh, what a loser.
Um, another texter says they should also change the charge call sign from the throwing arm forward aggressively to a twerk instead. If the refs had to twerk to call a charge, a lot less charges would be called. <laughs> yeah, famous KRT. We've always said that they should do spirit fingers, but I, I kind of yeah. like I kind of like the twerk. <laughs> yeah, there is no yeah, official out there that's going to be twerking. <laughs> all these old men trying to learn how to twerk like they have to go to like official training just to figure out how to shake their rear ends instead they end up making it more fun to call a charge and you have to gritty when you call it so you just have like this like you, you just have doug shows just gritty into midcourt to call a charge <laughs> he would be so happy <laughs> oh college officiating could be 50 percent improved by calling uh help defender charges the way the nba does it has to be as clear as day stop giving it People stop doing it. And yet, into that Texas original first point, that the original intent was so dudes weren't like pushing off. And that, like, if a help defender was standing in the middle of the lane, you couldn't just like completely run over them. It's, it's just, it's just gone too far. Yeah. We need to go to our hour break. But that's really my whole point with the eliminate charges is you eliminate the charge of a secondary defender, that rule is just gone. No more sliding over. Now, if a ball handler is penetrating and the guy that's guarding him, that's where the charges, quote-unquote, would occur. And it's similar to what that first sector said. Lowering the shoulder, pushing off, hooking. That, you know, That's not necessarily a charge. But those would be the offensive fouls. It wouldn't be, okay, I am more athletic than the guy guarding me. I'm getting by him. Look at me. I'm in the lane. And, oh, dude just comes and slides over me at the la- under me at the last second. And my good basketball plays are not rewarded, but this goober sliding over is rewarded. You get rid of that. Secondary defender, if you slide over to take a charge, it's a block every single time. Play good defense. Go up and try to contest. Don't just stand there and cover your you-know-what like a helpless, scared pet. <laughs> hour one done. Hour two coming up next. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. Uh, Peter, uh, just in case. Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 961 FM. 14.50 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen here on your Thursday. Hope you're having a great day. Appreciate you listening, tuned in. It's pronounced uh, Bustin' Kalen. Oh. Yes. Yeah, I must have misspoke. Yeah, yeah. Always why, with- why today? Bustin', 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 oh, bustin'. God. Well, okay. Just, you know. Always so much to get to on a show after a game. We love the way the Thornton's text line fills up during – the game a nine o'clock maybe not as much interaction as a seven o'clock game but that's all right uh look forward to reading all these throughout this hour roush give me that uk football offensive coordinator update 
Uh, the update is, I think basically everybody was like, yeah, Roush was right. This guy's, uh, kind of a big deal. Um, he's one of the main candidates and a top target and we'll see if anything else comes from it. There wasn't, there wasn't a ton of new updates, uh, on what, what was yesterday? Wednesday. Yeah. So, uh, maybe, maybe we'll get some more movement today. Is this something that is like if we hear more names, it probably means Caprizi Salad is not going to be the option? Or is it you could hear more names, but it, it's still there's still a leader here? What, how are you going to take I, that? I, I would say that uh, I anticipate there being more names to come out just because. Um, if you noticed my former ex boss, anytime there's a coaching search, it's always like they're searching far and wide. Like they like having the facade that they're, there's, they're getting that they're taking calls from dozens and dozens of people and hosting tons and tons of interviews. Um, it, whether that's the case or not, they like having that facade out there. So I, I would expect hearing more names, uh, regardless. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but don't necessarily take that as an indication. Right, that he's not in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, and, and I mean, even last time, once we heard Cohen's name, um, you know, like, there was there was still other folks out there that could get the job, but Cohen was the leader, and, and it was going to end up being him. So um, that's kind of just my read on it. Maybe we'll know more today. Um, at least hopefully we do, because, like I said, I, I think Kentucky would ideally like to – have this wrapped up and smacked on the bottom by next week. I did warn spring practice is not starting next week, uh, which I think might have originally been the plan, but it was never set in stone. So spring practice will not be at least until the second week of March. Man, that that is – who that's not ideal. No other way around it. That's not ideal to get an offensive coordinator to come in and be like, oh, and spring practice is tomorrow, by the way. Yeah, but and at least they did keep it like, all right, we're not going to set our spring practice in stone, and you know, uh, because the the what if scenario played out well, like they did have to make a change. Now, if when the offensive coordinator comes in, he'll at least have a few days to get his feet wet and talk with the guys before just stepping onto the practice field. Yeah. So yeah, it is. It's it's a tough spot. The timing of it's tough. You can't really blame anybody or anything. It's just the way that it works. The Rams going to the Super Bowl here is the root cause of the timing mm-hmm. of all of it. And and Kentucky will most likely go into March without knowing for sure who their offensive coordinator is. But if they do know who it is, then uh, even then you gotta you gotta move quickly, get stuff figured out implement what new things but we mentioned yesterday it's if there is a year to do it you never want it to happen maybe the setup of the roster construction right now is actually the a a Mm -hmm. solid timing for it maybe maybe better if you had one more sure offense alignment but that would be the that being picky at that point i guess being picky would be you don't lose your offensive coordinator period but that's the way she goes yep that is the way she goes um I do. I, I want to. This is Nick Roush wanting to discuss the Batcats because, man, look at them. They almost no. completely blew the season in the fourth, in the first home game of the year. But you know what? They didn't. They were clutch when they needed to be. They were getting one hit by Bellarmine. Bellarmine got picked to finish last in the A Sun, and they were getting one hit by Bellarmine at home through eight innings. 
<laughs> it was bad. But but they did get three runs in the bottom of the ninth and one on a walk-off. So, hey, clutch team. They got it. Yeah, like like I said, I think it was on Monday. It's just really no margin for error. I, I don't think this team's going to do anything. I am rooting for them, though. I would much rather be proven wrong in this instance, but I was following along. And I was like, goodness gracious, this is going to be horrible. But they won. That's all that yep. matters. Wins count all the same, and you you move on to the next one. Just no, you can't you can't afford to lose against the bad teams. And no offense to Bellarmine, but you can't afford to lose to those teams. So no, no. But um, I, I'm just at this point, TJ. It's like, when are they going to lose me on the season? That's what we're. That's what I'm counting down. I'm wondering if you make it to SEC play. Probably not. So I'm I'm very much looking forward to declaring that on Kentucky roll call. So yeah, I'll 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 keep up with it probably the entire season, but I'll I'll be actively following along as long as they're decent. Mm-hmm. And right now they're 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 decent. Uh, they're back at it. Let's see tomorrow. How about back that? At it again. Yep. Take on Western Michigan for a home series. Uh the old late February Lexington home baseball series. <laughs> They're going to – I wonder what they're going to – you think they – They're going to de-ice the field? What are they, how are they going to make room for all these people? Like, do you bring in bleachers for all the extra fans or <laughs> – I mean, I guess you, you can't have all your games in the South in, at the start of the season. Right, right. But not great, Bob. Not great. Um, let's, uh, let's get back to this Thornton sex on, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. 502-414-1450 is how you get into the show. Uh, a texter says, oh gosh, I got out of place. There's so many texts. There's some great high quality texts in here. Uh, just as University of Cincinnati wasn't given much respect in college football because of the regular season schedule, Gonzaga's weak conference schedule will hurt them. No, no, that's where you're wrong. Well, because- it could theoretically hurt them in the sense of like, they won't be prepared for March, but from a seeding standpoint, they're going to be a one seed, folks. Yeah, they're going to be the one seed in the West. Okay, that's that's almost guaranteed at this point. And that's just a they they have found a cheat code to automatically give themselves a good seed. Now, the beauty of the NCAA tournament and the curse of the NCAA tournament is they're going to have to go prove it, just like anybody else will. So they may get gifted an easier road, but. Rubber's got to meet the road. They're going to play an eight or a nine seed in their second game, and it'll be the most talented team they've played since December. So sometimes it's worked out for them. They've been fine. Mm-hmm. Other years they've kind of flamed out early. They've got a ton of talent, though. That's even though they play such a bad schedule, and they've there. There's that. That's one thing we do need to add is that if they were playing in the SEC, there's no guarantee they still wouldn't be a one seed. If they were playing in the ACC, they would probably win the ACC or yeah, you know, it's real it, bad. It's not a great conference. So uh, there's no guarantee they wouldn't be a one seed if they were in another conference. Um, it's just frustrating that you see a team that doesn't really get challenged for two and a half months out of the year while every other team is going. But again, like we said, all that stuff, it ends up not mattering because only one team can win the championship and you're going to have to beat six teams to do it. 
Uh, we go oh, another officiating text. It'll never be as consistent as the NBA is. There's just too much difference in talent level and playing style on a night-to-night basis. Also, much more home court influence. That said, doesn't need to be as good as the NBA. It just needs to be better. I agree. Oh, with wow. I agree with all that. Just be better. Uh, speaking of home court, Virginia. That dude hit what six threes to start the game in like the first five minutes. That was nuts. But like you said. Uh, that, that was a game for, for Duke to stretch his legs out and, and ultimately come away with a win. I, so I stayed away. I was smart. And people forget, I actually would have taken Duke minus four and a half, but I think I just ended up doing money line or I stayed away altogether. Um, one, one, Justin, one, one of those little parlays, you know, you throw in the money line teams and whatnot. Kind of boy. Um, yeah. So I, I can't remember if I had Duke in there or not, but people forget Virginia is not a lock to be a tournament team. Right now, I think they're actually on the wrong side of the bubble. So, while Duke won, it was a win against a likely non-tournament team right now. Well, uh, I forgot. Walk was quote quote tweeting some. Oh no, it was Coach K who said that Virginia should be in the tournament. So, uh, listen up, selection committee. If Coach K says they should be in, then by God, they better be in. Uh, it's like the old John Calipari, Mark Fox, Mark Fox. endorsements. Yeah. <laughs> oh man this guy is better than fog allen this is the best coach in the history of coaches george's mark Fo- yeah we just beat him by 39 points but he's been <laughs> this thing going although i think was it was it the athletic or some outlet had a story on the state of georgia basketball and just how terrible it is tom green's getting fired they're trying to do it so they don't have to pay him any money. Oh, we didn't even mention the part where, like, they were caught on Zoom, him, ye- like, yelling at a GA for leaking info or something like that? Yeah, they, they had a hot mic incident on a Zoom where he was talking to an unnamed female staffer, I think, and just uh, basically was blaming a kid for leaking info and then I think was blaming another kid for not being good at basketball. Um, it, it wasn't a good look, but Roush, that story, and I don't have all the details, and I read it like five days ago or whenever it was, so I don't right. remember really all the specifics. But that story to me reeked of inside job to get more, to get more ill will towards Tom Crean, and maybe potentially get Ooh. more jobs to not have to pay his buyout. But the oh, old, like an SID, yeah, like let's yeah. let's let's not mute the Zoom before he gets on and get him all worked up. Exactly. Exactly. It, oh, love, love where your head's at. A little conspiracy theory, but he'll be gone this year. Who does Georgia hire? I'm not sure. There's so many jobs. You know, Maryland's a better job than the Georgia job, but like these kind of middle of the tier power five jobs, Louisville's above that as much as it's fun to make a joke here or there. Um, but a lot of those jobs are going to be opened up this year. And I always am fascinated to see the route they go right now. It's trendy to hire former players that people feel like can do well in recruiting. Um, I don't know what if that's an avenue Georgia would go down. Georgia has tried many times to kind of go the the veteran coach Roush, and hopefully at this spot it works out. But that'll be interesting. SEC, I think, has the best collection of coaches it's ever had in its league's history right now. And maybe Georgia will will join the party. I think Is SEC – Smith- Stubby Smith, their best coach ever? Yes. I think they actually have had, I don't know, some somebody that's older than Dennis us. Dennis Felton had that little run that he he was the coach when they had the Sunday out of Gaines SEC tournament, but they were never great. 
Yeah, that team stunk anyways. Yeah, yeah. Losers. Um, they've been to one Final Four, 83. Whew, didn't know that. That was, was it, No, it wasn't Dominique Wilkins either. Or was it? Yes, it was. Uh, he, let's I, thought he, I thought he was older than that, though. But, you know, no, that's he, he, right. he walked through the NBA. He wasn't on the 83 team. Oh. Man, really good, though. Large human. I saw him down at the SEC tournament a few years ago. Did not realize how large he was. Hugh Durham. Six, eight, six, nine. Big guy. He's probably their best coach ever. And then Tubby Smith. Yeah. Tubby, Tubby. Um, let's see. What else do we have on the text on TJ? Another texter says, did Nick get a spanking from daddy for breaking the Jets QB coach as a potential candidate before asking for permission? Uh, thank you, sir. May I have another? I think that was uh, Rashi Scoop, or was it not? No, that's good. Scoop. Yeah. Scoop. There it is. Uh, Texter says, listen here. I like exactly two Sunny Best songs because they were fun to yell when drunk at Redmonds. I don't even know any of their other songs. Not sure who has the gall to call me out like that, but they've just made the list, and you don't want to be on the list. That's from Alan Young. <laughs> I've listened to the full song. Not my favorite song that Sunday Best has ever had. Uh, their their new release, but that's okay. They've got plenty of great ones. It'd be really cool if other teams stopped hitting every three they shoot in the first ten minutes of the game. Seriously, they the two hundred thirty two in three point shooting percentage. And they hit their first five or four five of their first seven, four of their first five. Crazy. It seems like it happens at Rupp frequently, but hey, Kentucky, and then they went ice cold in the second half. It water found its level to use a classic mm -hmm. KRC line. A, another texter says, uh, do refs have dirt on BTI or does he just absolutely suck? Seriously, what kind of psycho defends referees? What a dumb hill to die on. Oh, man. <laughs> and, and and he really wasn't even defending referees. No, it was it was very bizarre. Just like, why do people complain about refs like Roush? He's an idiot. I'm like, no, 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 no. The more we complain, the better. I mean that, that that's true though. That like that's while he was complimenting or thinking he was defending officials, he was actually showcasing how their biases impact games in a terrible way. <laughs> oh, and the next texture brings up another good point on officiating. Hated LSU two points with this text. Surely won't matter later on. Yeah, I, I have not heard the hook and hold phrase in a long down. time, and. The fact that we because the, the worst part about that rule is like Lance was like getting pushed to the floor and yet he was called for it. It was I, I just I don't know how I that 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 the whole hook and hold phase of the college basketball game was confusing to begin with, and I hated to to see it reappear last night. Yeah, it bugged me because the other dude initiated the hook and the hold. So, yes, they went down to the ground, and Lance seemed to be the one in more control at that point. But the only reason they were hooked was because that other dude hooked and held on to him. But the, the fact of the matter is they should have taken one look at this and said, okay, we got a double foul here. That's it. Like, why yeah. are we – like? And, and I know that I think there may be like a rule that a hook is an automatic – like if you hook and pull down, it's an automatic flagrant or something like that. Then change yeah, it. That's right, dumb. Right. We're wasting time. That that took entirely too long for, and then they still got it wrong, of course, because they <laughs> that, that's how they do it. But and just have a have a common sense official, like somebody who just kind of gets it. I'd be and maybe make it regional. I'll do the games in this area. 
Okay. Like, just let me look at the replay for two seconds and be like, is this even worth spending a longer amount? Like, is there anything egregious here? Was Lance trying to hurt somebody? Was this other dude that locked up Lance, was he trying to hurt somebody? No, it's a rebounding technique to hold somebody's arm so they have to rebound with one arm. It's That's just a basketball, and they got caught. He got caught, and then Lance kind of got caught extending it, but they were only locked up because of that other dude. Just move on. Don't spend five. One minute reviewing that was too long. Let alone like the five they took. Way too long. It was uh it was silly. And oh my God, I'm watching two hawks mating right now. This is I I I cannot believe what my eyes are seeing. I'm sorry, I'm distracted. I wasn't going to get distracted, but one just mounted the other. My word. And just like that, it's over. What is wrong with you today? I I can't help it. I got distracted by the mating hawks. I when do you ever see two giant birds just fly out in front of you and start doing it on a branch? That was you're holy. such a weirdo. We we oh my god! I'm so sorry, EJ Clark. Yeah, sorry, EJ. <laughs> I, I did not mean to do that to you, buddy. But that I, I was I got distracted. Uh, what a I, way I to did. start oh. the morning. What a way. <laughs> That's Am I so on here? Hello. <laughs> yeah, we good, hear you, EJ. Good. Goodness gracious. Sorry about that. Good morning. How are you doing? TJ and Nick and gee, where do I go from that? Anyway, thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, we're going to talk about the million dollar rebel stakes. Uh, this week, we're on the road to the Derby, and we're actually on the road. We were over at Oakland on Monday to record our podcast. And uh, you guys doing all right this morning, otherwise, huh? Yeah, yeah. Where, where can folks hear that, EJ? <laughs> uh, the podcast is on all the major platforms, so it's on Apple and iHeart and uh, Spotify and Pandora. And so we have part one up, and then we're gonna going to have a, another little uh, adjunct part two probably we're going to put up uh, in a day or two, as a matter of fact. So, yeah, we, we were uh, over there and up in the press box. They were running on President's Day over at Oakland Racing Casino and Resort. And, of course, the Rebel is a million-dollar guaranteed race. Now, I know we don't have a lot of time, so I'm going to just get to three horses, New Grange, Barber Road, and Dash Attack, kind of top to bottom. Number two is the favorite, New Grange, owned by SF Racing, Starlight Racing, which is local, as you know, Matacat Racing. They call themselves the Avengers. They are coming back after winning the Southwest and Johnny Velasquez, Hall of Famer, gets back on. He's the regular rider of New Grange, unbeaten, three for three, coming back to grab the million-dollar race here coming up on Saturday is the only prep that we're going to be talking about on the road to the Derby. So he's done nothing wrong. As you know, Bafford, uh, Medina Spirit, has been disqualified. Mandaloon will be put up unless, of course, the process will who knows how long it's going to go on. Baffert right, is right. going to appeal his 90-day suspension. He's been fined $7,500. So we knew already going in, none of his horses can get any points. This is a 50-points race to the winner. So starting with him, he's the favorite. They're coming back and uh, trying to grab some more purse money. He's already got a win over the track. Then we jump down to a local trainer that we'll have on our podcast. That's Johnny Ortiz. And he ran second. The horse is Barber Road. He was second in the Southwest and second in the Smarty Jones to Dash Attack, who we'll mention in just a moment. He uh, was also second in the Lively Shively. Yeah, that was at Churchill Ooh. Downs. 
And uh, that was a sprint race last fall at Churchill Downs. So he's been second the last three times. We talked to Johnny Ortiz, and he's very excited about this horse. He still he calls him a young baby. He's still learning. He'll he'll probably be a little bit more forwardly placed in here. And uh, he came from far back the last two times. He was only beaten two lengths and a length and a half last time to New Grange. So look for him. He's having a great meet down there for WSS Racing, the owners for Barber Road. But Johnny Ortiz is having a great meet down there. So uh, uh, he's a horse to take a look at. And then at the bottom on the outside, Dash Attack. And he is co-owned and bred by Kenny McPeak's Magdalena Racing. This horse, also the top four finishers coming out of the Southwest, guys. And this horse also ran in the Southwest against New Grange and Barber Road. He was fifth, and uh, actually, uh, Kenny said that he didn't exactly have this horse cranked up enough. He should have done more. He's got two bullet works, two bullet works, guys, since that race. So uh, he's going to run a lot better for Catalyst Stable and Magdalena. He's a horse by Munnings. Look for him to, uh, he's had three starts. He won his first two races. They have all been at Oak Lawn Park down there this winter. I think he's going to run a bigger race. Is he going to win? Is he going to beat New Grange? I'm not sure. What do you well, think? EJ, we Next. appreciate you catching up with us. I'd like for him to beat New Grange, but uh, I fear that, that that early speed on the inside is just what he needs to get going. So, yep. Uh, yep. Baffert can get the hell out of here, but uh, I think he's going to win this one. EJ, enjoy the spa down at Oak Lawn Park. It, it, it should be a great weekend yeah. of racing. It should be. It should be a really great week. It's a great facility down there with the new casino and hotel. Hot springs in the wintertime. <laughs> Love it, EJ. We appreciate it. Enjoy Arkansas. Thanks, EJ. Thank you, guys. Nick and TJ, we'll see you next week. All right, EJ. Be well, buddy. Uh, and hopefully Roush will bring him in on a better note and a less strange note i'm sorry i'm just the birds are just hanging out now i cannot stop watching these we're gonna we'll we'll talk about this we'll talk about these birds during the commercial break which we need to do right now here on kentucky roll call on big exports radio thanks again to ej we will be back this is krc on the big so it like flew on top of the rest oh my god and they were just going at it it's come to my attention that you and the cleaning woman have engaged in sexual intercourse on the desk in your office. Is that correct? Was that wrong? Should I not have done that? I tell you, I gotta plead ignorance on this thing because if anyone had said anything to me at all when I first started here that that sort of thing was frowned upon, you know, because I've worked in a lot of offices and I tell you, people do that all the time. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. Welcome back. One final segment, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big Ninety-six one FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen on your Thursday. Appreciate EJ Clark coming on. Don't appreciate Roush, but we got more info about the bird mating story during the break. I'm not giving you a pass, Roush, but I understand. Yeah, uh, it was it was National Geographic, but real. It's mating season back on the pond here. And oh, the geese wow. are so annoying during mating season. Oh, so wild. Yeah. 
it's, not, it's nonstop for like a month. And then and and really it's longer than a month. Then they have their babies and they're super territorial and angry and or they lay the eggs and all that stuff. It's a big to do. It's a. Big I'm sure all the rain too has just made your backyard a puddle. <laughs> yeah, it's it's always fun this time of the year. I, I did see a TikTok of like this contraption that it's uh, gosh, this is um, it washes your dog's paws. To explain what it looks like would be probably borderline inappropriate and tough to do. What's wrong with just uh, a towel? Is it a towel? A towel is just a, kind of annoying, though. Yeah, but wouldn't this device be just as, if not more, annoying? Like the the concept's the same. It doesn't like a little, It's like a little like suction thing. It looks like it's like a little personal mini car wash for a dog's paw. So like it looks really cool and fun. Um, it's for dogs' paws. That's what you put in there. You wouldn't put anything else in there. And yeah. it like it has like a bunch of little scrubbies and soap or something on there. And it like automatically gyrates and spins, so it washes the dog's paw. And like the video I saw, of course, they just it was like a NASCAR tire swap where it was just like and like the dog's paws were like clean instantly without any hassle or any trouble. So I'm sure it wouldn't work that well. But right. it's a swamp. Yeah, it's annoying. Oh, that time of the year. Yeah. Well, let's get back to the Thornton's text line. 502-414-1450. Toppin was so happy for Bryce after that second and one. That was the cutest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, the way you put real, it, real sweet. Plenty of basketball still needed to be played, but it was nice to see. Mm -hmm. uh, this game broadcast has a lot of peripheral stuff. Dyke saying that LSU jerks you off, a hot mic picking up Will Wade, calling someone a mother bleeper, and Marlon's man in attendance. Man, great point, Texter. Marlon's okay. man was there. Yeah, yeah, Marlon's wow. man was there. Uh, you nice. also had Jimmy Dykes right on a board, mother-in-law defense. Like you need to be. Uh, yeah, yeah. That that was like, that was. You, the explanation was like you need to be annoying and always around. <laughs> Imagine if you were Jimmy Dyke's mother-in-law. Gosh. You know, his um his wife too, she's a looker. Oh yeah? Yeah. She was like a maybe like an Arkansas cheerleader or something. Like, yeah, she's she's a she's quite a looker. So his apparently has an ass for her mom, I guess. <laughs> and Marlins, man. I thought, gosh, it was nice I not hearing about him that guy. Yeah. Whew. Yeah, it had been a fun six years not hearing from from him. Um, dude just loves to be noticed. Himself. Big big fan of Marlins, man. Mm -hmm. Rupp having that brick foundation around the tunnels to the locker room is unique. Can we start calling Rupp games between the bricks or bricked up? I remember when they did that. I want to say it was like 2010 or 11-ish maybe in that ballpark. I thought it looked good, and then they started kind of covering it up more. Uh, so I don't know. I, I, I like it. Don't like your nicknames necessarily, but I thought it looked solid. <laughs> Kentucky's in the bonus, 14-28. A lot of fouls. A lot of fouls about LSU. UK missed several free throws early, but then after that, they ended up missing 10 on the game, which is too many free throws to be missing. But I thought they did well in the second half when you really kind of needed them. And uh, so that I mean, overall, I was pleased. We do need to just remark how silly it is that Kentucky was two of twelve from three and only had three assists and won a basketball game against an NCAA tournament team without two starters, <laughs> so without sick. two starting guards. Yeah, 
Oh, man. Uh, Texter says, we are digging for some gold. Oh, I missed that on Saban. Yeah, he got caught red-handed. Finger, nose, boogers, the whole the whole shebang. It all was there. Yeah. That's another one more thing about like how impressive it was UK won and all the things that you said, Roush. It does make those blowout wins seem a bit more understandable, right? Like, yeah. okay, yeah. when you guys at full strength, look what they've done. But when they're not at full strength, hey, look what they've done. It's a nice spot to be in. Efton Reed has to be Donnie from Wild Thornberries, I'm convinced. Underrated show, Wild Thornberries. Mm, people forget. Shout out to Nigel. Thought it might have been overrated. Oh. Didn't like the Wild Thornberries? I thought it was fun. Nah, my sister was a big Wild Thornberries gal. I I just didn't like it that so much. So that's why you didn't like it. It's because your Probably. sister watched it all the yeah. time. That yeah. and Casper. <laughs> Casper oh. was okay. Some weird dynamics we don't have time to get into there. But yeah. uh, Texture says, Cal haters have been awfully quiet in 2022. Good job coaching. Another great game, Coach. Hall of Fame head coach. Kentucky's lucky to have him, everybody. Sure, TJ. Your bet covered. Congrats, man. But sheesh, can we give Vegas some props? How do they always know? Happy for Providence. Ed Cooley deserves a season like this. And good for Providence for sticking with their coach and letting him build a winning program. Hell yeah. I'm, I'll take a cover any way I got to get it. So fine by me. Vegas, uh, there's a reason that they're profitable and they mm -hmm. do a good job. And I also have always liked Ed Cooley in a weird way. Like, I think he's a, I, do I think he's one of the better coaches in college basketball? No, but uh, I think people like him are important for college basketball. And when you think of Providence, you think Ed Cooley. When you think Ed Cooley, you think of Providence. And uh, I've got a buddy that lives in Rhode Island. He's loving it. He's enjoying going to the Dunk, the Dunkin' Donuts Center. That's a great nickname, too, for a basketball arena named after Dunkin' Donuts. The Dunk. Cooley calls it the crib, which I, you know, I'm okay with that as well. But what, what's the deal with the, the Taylor Swift thing? They just like, they just like to like sing Taylor. it? Uh, she has a house in Rhode Island, so they like kind of consider her one of one of her one of them one of us. Gotcha. Me. It's it's just it's just odd because they pick like the like of all the Taylor Swift songs they pick Love Story to sing and they're just like belt it out. Okay, whatever works. Yeah, better not than that. Not what I would do. Yeah, exactly. I agree with that. Not gonna lie, but the Caps looked like my Highlanders trying to break a press at the end of the game. <laughs> Oh man, that's the Highlanders reference we need, Plumley, bro. That's How is good... it so hard to inbound a basketball? Oh, sheesh. And and finally, they just were like, "Hey, why are we not just posting up Oscar?" It's like, "Oh, you could have done this a long time ago." And just like, worst comes to worst, isolate Jacob Toppin and just throw it up to him. <laughs> he is going to out jump whoever is potentially guarding him. And then, boom, all right, you got the ball in. And then they'd go and they'd double-team them or they'd run towards them and stuff like that. That's fine. I'm not saying you're completely out of the woods. But, like, last case, worst case, last desperation, throw it to Jacob Toppin. The dude can out-jump everybody. Did you did you get worried when he went down there with, like, two and a half minutes ago? I get worried anytime any U.K. player awkwardly moves with how this season goes. I was, so, like, yeah. are you, I, I, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, and – Thankfully, it wasn't anything bad, but it's like, just please get get out of the game. Get, stop. Uh, I appreciate what Bobby Regan said. Like, let's just not even go to Arkansas. We'll just just get just get to the end of the season. We'll take all the L's. Just have everybody be healthy. We, oh, it's so I, I, 
so that's actually what I was. I had this written down as a topic if we ran out of things to talk about, which I knew today we wouldn't because of the text line, the game, and all everything else going on. But that was a topic I was going to. At some point, though, do you? I disagree with Bobby, and I just you can comment on it. But I, I think you need to get the band back together asap. No, if somebody's hurt, don't make them pay play in pain, but don't also keep them out if they're well enough to play just because you want to make them more fresh, I guess, if, if to kind of get into the weeds of it all. It's Russ versus Russ, and you're saying that uh, yes. Rust is more likely to happen. And I agree with you, but just the emotional sentiment at the time, I'm just like, please, God, do not have – I'm tired of dealing with – like guys rolling up and having injuries. Like, let's just stop this. Stop it. And I understand that as well. What what I think is going to end up happening is I don't think you're going to see them on Saturday. I think Kentucky's going to lose. And then I think you'll see them, or at least one of them. That's the thing. Like, as far what if one of them's actually, like, you know, really kind of hurt? hurt. And it's it's not just kind of like, you know, kind of banged up. When can you go? When can you not go? But I don't think you're going to see them Saturday. Because I honestly think Calipari is not going to mind the a game, which could be a loss even if you were at 100%. You lose, and you can say, well, we didn't have two starters. The committee's going to take that in consideration, right? And it probably keeps you comfortably there on the two line, uh, pushing for the one. It really wouldn't hurt you whatsoever. A loss there even at 100% health wouldn't hurt you. But if you lose and you have the caveat you don't have two starters – that's not going to hurt you. And then I think you maybe see one of them, both of them, back for Ole Miss just to kind of get their legs underneath them and get the offense back to more normal before this last couple-game stretch. And then you want to shake the rust off against Ole Miss because that Florida game really is important. It's one Kentucky should win. You're better than Florida. Yes, Gainesville can be a tough place to play, but it's one. It's a place you got to take care of business. So if I was Cal, I would work towards being as healthy as possible for that Florida game and then that way, you shake off all the rust, blah, blah, blah. You ideally hit the ground running for the SEC tournament. Yeah, I think Severe Wheeler is going to play Saturday. That's that's my early prediction. Scoop? Nope. Just that's what I think. You, you didn't see him wearing like a brace or anything. So he's in uh, both games. He had that. He has like, it looks like almost like a big watch, but you can't really tell if it's like something medical or just like fashion. He's had something on his wrist. I think it is what Stanley had to wear after his uh, heart attack. <laughs> and it beeps whenever Cal's near. Mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> uh, Texter says 502-414-1450. Roush is right. Some fans and parents during high school games are and below are totally out of line. Refs aren't making all that much, just doing something on the side. And the con- – Constant complaining and extra talk makes it borderline not even worth it. However, college officials legit get like two grand a game, so they should be held to a premium standard. I agree about premium standard for college officials. I I, I, haven't, I don't know. I don't know if it's a hot take or not. But like on the one hand, I'm, I'm tired of officials. This next text. Agree with Big Blue Drew. He wouldn't take $500 a game to officiate a KHS AA game. Oh, I would. Very I would easily. in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he just sees like – and like this is not to throw shade or anything, but like his daughter plays for Seneca. They play – like girls JCPS public school basketball at like the JV level. You get some reckless stuff. Um, but like if you're, 
like it just it's just gonna you're you're gonna see a lot of the stuff that he's seeing and that would be rough um it's like when you get like a little kid's game and the parents lose their minds because you won't call a travel because they're they're third grade and they can't dribble the ball the way yet like that sort of um uh, just outlandish behavior you only get it in certain spots but like if you were doing like a uh, especially out in like the counties that'd be an easy gig yeah and i get it there's jerks it's annoying everybody's human even if you say that you know things don't bother you or whatever you still hear it i get i get why that can be annoying but just do a good job like be prepared for your job. And then, yes, I know that the horrible things and people are going to get mad and they're going to respond. Then just be considerate, be considerate, you know, talk to them. Okay. Give your two cents and then get back to calling the game. I know it's so much easier said than done in this incident, but it's not like having to tame a wild animal. It's a sport. And if, somebody is way out of line and you get assaulted, then charges will be pressed and that stuff will be taken care yeah, of. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're right about that. But I, I will like agree to a certain degree that like, I'm not going to take my time out of the day to deal with a bunch of crap. I don't like, that's why we have officiating problems because people are nasty now. Like they, they have no qualms about being awful to each other. You should just have a little bit more civility. That would go a long way. Sure, I totally agree. Oscar has more rebounds in 28 games than Davis and Randall got in 40. Unbelievable. It's so crazy to say it out loud, too. Man, what a season. Awesome kid. Good at basketball. Fun to watch. Hope I win my National Player of the Year bet. Uh, by the way, Johnny Davis, only 12 points last night. That's not going to help his whole average. Nope, not going not gonna to help at all. Nope. I just wanted to be known, but they did win. Would have been nice if they lost. Uh, just wanted to be known that Nick Roush called it the Bryce Hopkins game on Twitter first. All the other UK media copied off him. Also, my condolences to everyone that had UK minus seven. Or seven and a half. Roll call, baby. <laughs> Did you like my Bryce Bryce baby tweet? Oh, I didn't see that. That's really good. Really Thank good. You. I'm not as active in Twitter the second half because I'm usually writing like the, the post game story. But man, great job. I love that. Bryce Bryce baby. It's good stuff. I was going to follow it up and be like, all right, stop. And then, you know, kind of do the song. Did but. you at least do the the gif of, of Vanilla Ice dancing with it too? No, no. That is a good gif. Great, great gif. Yeah, uh, Texter says, what, gif. what a freaking meltdown. I know we won, but nonetheless, it was a meltdown. Very shaky, panicky ball handling. Evident of how much we miss. W&W, Wheeler and Washington, I guess is what they're yeah, alluding to. Cal needs to teach how to inbound the ball against the press, leaving three or four guys under the basket with their men is too congested. Not how it's done. You send three guys to your end. The defense has to follow. If not, well, easy basket. You place Oscar under the basket. Brooks topping on both sides of the half-court line for relief valves. That leaves one guard to shake his defender by going one direction, then planting his foot and change directions, much like a football receiver planting his foot to cut back to the middle. But in football, you have to get him the ball as well as he is getting open. If you wait till he's open, it's too late. So a little uh, coaching, which I always appreciate. I love that we, we did get some good mansplaining there. Um. I mean, he's <laughs> not he's, he's not wrong. My biggest issue was, and it's not on Calipari because the players have to call it, he can't call it from the sidelines. Call timeout. Yeah. Time yeah. Yet two of them. Keon, be an adult. It was a bad Keon Brooks game. It just was. Um, and but but I think the 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 big thing is Texter is like it is very simple in most circumstances because you have guards who have done this their whole life and they know how to get open 
and the passer knows how to get it to him. Keon was too late. We were trying to get the ball to open guys. He was. Uh, and then once he made one mistake, it got in his head and he got hesitant. And it was a snowball rolling. I think in, in any other circumstance, Kellen Grady's the guy inbounding the ball. And I feel much more comfortable about where he's when he's delivering that pass. It's tough to put too much stock into it because you don't have your point guards and it's going to be a lot easier when you do. And Cal said as much as that, like, if we've got our ball handlers and you want to play that tight, then we're just going to blow by you and score, which I, there's there's some truth to, uh, to, to that. I do wish maybe there's a little bit more creativity from coaching, getting the guys open or running some plays. You don't have to run junk plays, but even what that texture says uh, would work. But I, I'm putting the timeouts on the players. If you're in a tough spot, don't take a five-second call ever, like ever. If you have it, that's inexcusable. Uh, this is from Kirby on the Thornton's text line. Duke gets a ghost jump ball call on road at the most crucial part of the game. Kentucky gets interesting dead ball technical call against Lance Ware at home. Referee's bias will never cease to amaze me. Yeah, I don't know if that was like a, we don't like Kentucky sort of deal, Kirby, but still all the same. Like, what the heck? Well, uh, Lance, oh, Lance didn't start it. Didn't you know? Nah, whatever. Kirby said Oscar gets fouled five times at the top of the key. Nothing to see here. And then again on the drive, which they call thankfully, but then gets tackled on a layup attempt after the whistle. Is that not a dead ball technical foul? Uh, no, because like Oscar was playing through it too. Like if he was just standing there and the dude took him out, then yes, that'd be bad. That would have been a badass continuation though if it was NBA because like I love that he played through it and still. Uh, sunk the layup through contact. Yeah, that was kind of a lot going on on that play. I, rem I remember it specifically. A texter says, this is simply a game that you have to have Keon Brooks step up. Instead, Keon looks worse than ever, lost on defense, hiding and broke on offense, and fouling a three-point shooter. As Roush said, not a good Keon Brooks game. Yeah, you, you see, he, he almost more than any other player, he just seems to be open. And he was missing again. Yep, but it just it, it just wasn't a good one. Yeah, he did a couple okay things, but overall, Kirby Rauscher, right? Not not his best stuff, and it was unfortunate. I think that's part of the reason the game was as tight as it was for as long as it was, and Kentucky eventually opened it up. But uh, because of Keon Brooks, it kind of went back away a little bit, like the tide with the moons. <laughs> Instead of Keon stepping up, Bryce showed out. Man, I love this team. Great win. And after the game, Calipari, when talking to the team, said that. He's like, way to go. You know, he's all happy. It's cute. It's a fun moment. But he's like, you're forcing me to play you, which that's exciting. I think anybody that's played organized sports before, and if you've ever found yourself on the bench, I've never really had to worry about that personally, but I've, I've heard from people that have. Like, you got to take advantage of your moments. And it's always cool when you see it pay off. And it did for Hopkins last night. So he's, he should get more minutes. Texter says, Will Wade has to be one of the most hated coaches by UK fans. He's definitely someone who would wear a Black Lives Matter shirt and then say uh, a racial slur around his white friends. I don't yeah. know. I don't, I don't I, know what we're supposed to say to text like that. And, and also, like, how does someone look at someone like that and then have that opinion? That's such a weird <laughs> – that is such a bizarre thing to say, Texter. Like, that is that is weird. I think like, – Call him like a fat frat boy that's, like, grown up and is still the fat frat boy. I think he is as his dad is a lawyer. Uh, I think he's a goober and it really just comes back to like I think he handled all he got caught cheating and he handled it all very poorly, was on the defensive, 
took shots at people that didn't deserve to have shots taken at them. And he, he got caught. And I don't, you know, whatever, you cheated. You're not the only one in college basketball to do it. Far from it. He got caught. You need to, He should have handled it, I think, with a little bit more grace. I do think he's a good coach, though. I, yeah. I, yeah. I, he, one, he gets players by cheating, but that's fine. But we see what he does with players. He generally has pretty good teams. I mean, when mm -hmm. for this long has LSU consistently been this good? They've had good seasons in our lifetime for sure, Roush. Obviously, the Shaq years and whatnot. But they, uh, for like the last five or six years, they've consistently been pretty solid. Yeah, yeah. He's a good coach. Knows the stuff. Just caught cheating. Um, Texter says, going to need to get Comrade Trevor's opinion today on the invasion. You're exactly right. I, I, we got to make sure that's a that's a big talking point in the Mike Rutherford show this afternoon from 3 to 6 on the Big X. Um, did you watch any of the stuff? I, I stayed up later than I should because I was just like, oh, there's tanks rolling into a country on a live stream. Like, what? Yeah, I was following along on my phone, but wild stuff, just yeah. thinking and praying for everybody involved. So I mean, they're, they're, stupid. they're coming from every direction. I think at Belarus, it's 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 ugly. Thoughts and prayers to Ukraine, man. That's that's who Yeah. Bro. It's really dumb. It's just unknown. suck it, Putin. Uh John here. Good morning to my brothers from another mother. Hip hip hooray. I still wasn't under the weather. I'd be celebrating hard. You know, with some milk and cookies and a little bit of that Sunday best in the background. <laughs> slap the box, Roush. More like slap the boards. Let's go. Thank you, KRC and Big X, for allowing me to be a dedicated, goofy fan. You guys make things so much easier. You all have a great one. We'll got to go talk to you later. Hey, John. Well, no, thanks to you for texting in and being a loyal listener and texture into the Thornton text line. We look forward to your texts each and every day. So thank you for texting. Puts a in. smile on my face. Hope really you feel, does. Hope you feel better. There was a little cat attacking last night. Meow. Not for long, but a little bit. Beasy here. Hey, Beasy. Glad you got your car fixed. It's really a shame Hopkins was coming coming out party was overshadowed by those hideous central bank stickers. Oh, hey, man. but you know what? They stole ten thousand more dollars from the bastards. Yeah, yeah. Take that. I just love they have two half court shots hit in like the first two games of the year, and then they just started sandbagging. They're like, we can only get people who obviously cannot right. get a shot in three point line. We've and, got and my. 96-year-old grandmother from Florence, Gloria Sanders. Everybody give it up for Gloria and her half-court attempt. Oh, oh, no. Oh, it only went three feet. Can't wait I can't wait till Gloria Sanders reaches out to us on Twitter later asking if we we're talking about her. From Florence. <laughs> they were so bad, though, for so long. And then even the first attempt or two looked pretty rough, but – uh, I think his name is Dolan, Dolan Whittle. Uh, the UK sophomore drains it, steals $10,000 more from Central Bank. Suck it, Central Bank. Man, imagine the thirsty Thursday going out on the town after getting being a college student and getting $10,000. Yeah, you could spend 1000 and be a king. Yeah, it could be a fun night tonight for, oh, for, for him and his boys. Uh, Texter says... Who did better in the transfer portal this year, UK football or UK basketball? I don't think anyone in the country did a better job. Just amazing the impact it's been, both football and basketball this season. Love listening to you guys every day. Thanks so much. Go Cats. Go Man, Cats, baby. That is a great – like, if this was – that's a – if we were first take Kentucky, we would be screaming at each other because, like, there's both great points to be made on, on each side. Like, your leading scores, I, I mean, on – 
all of your impact players are transfers except for one or two here and there for Kentucky. It's Chris Rodriguez for the football team and on basketball, it's Ty Ty Washington. But for the most part, your transfer portal guys are the ones making the big impact. And um, you've what I, I think the, the moral of the story TJ is you love to see guys get a second chance and have success. Um, love to see it. absolutely love to see it. It is really fun, and it is crazy. And both, uh, I mean, there is there cannot be a, a university that benefited off the transfer portal portal bleh, more in those two sports than Kentucky did. The answer, sadly, well, sadly in the sense that it's really not so much a debate, is basketball because you're going to probably have the national player of the year that was a transfer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're – and he like as great as Wandale's and impressive as his record breaking season one, like Oscar's doing things that haven't been done at Kentucky since the fifties. Like yeah. Kentucky. And is Kentucky winning 10 games without Wandell and Levis? Absolutely not. But they also did go to some bowl games and won a lot of games without wide receivers and quarterbacks before for, you know, for what it was worth. But you got to go basketball just almost from a number standpoint, a Grady Wheeler, Oscar, all such valuable, important pieces. And you don't even get anything out of Frederick, who I look for. He, hey, he's warming up, by oh, the way. But won't People, people forget about him. Yeah. Kudos Amazing. to the twerking charge call texter. Nearly spit out my coffee. I liked it myself as well. Does Kentucky roll call continue during World War III? Does the Kremlin have a Salsaritas? Don't think they have a Salsaritas in, in Moscow. You saw the Wildcat logo in real life. That's got to be a good omen. <laughs> oh, man. What's that in reference to? Like the 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 new Wildcat when you make it a GIF and it looks like two birds doing it. Oh, gotcha. Sideways. Yeah, yeah they got. Yeah. Sorry, went over my head. Good. Text. Incredible second half performance. Mince was great. Grady played under control for the most part and took what they gave him. Bryce was obviously awesome, but Oscar was dominant from start to finish, especially defensively. He's got really good at jumping straight up uh, to contest shots. And I, I, I tweeted something out that he like about Grady's fundamentals in the first half. Dude did the. The thing you never see players do, and that's when they're getting ready to get in trouble, you just do a retreat dribble. It's like something they teach you in middle mm-hmm. school, but nobody ever does it except for Granddad Grady. Mr. Fundamentals. Absolutely love it. Yes. Impressive. Fun to see. A texter says, you jerk snuck the horse guy onto us without a peep. I was half paying attention to the UK talk. Next thing I knew, I was passed out of sleep listening to the horse guy. Hey, he's not the horse guy. His name's EJ Clark, and you should listen to his podcast. Yeah, Kentucky Winter Circle. Pretty sure that's the name. I really wanted him to say the name because I wasn't. That's it. Yeah, okay. How many charges do we get called on Saturday? The one player for Arkansas has drawn more than 40 charges on the year, over under two and a half. Oh, Gosh, what yeah. a disgusting stat. Is that accurate? A guy on their team has over 40 charges. Well, I was thinking, that's year. pretty crazy. That's that's over one a game. I mean, it's not too far away. What a loser. Game. Yeah, seriously. What a, what a dork. Dexter that's says, was that EJ Montgomery? Don't don't know the reference. Maybe regarding EJ Clark. I think that's what it meant. Yeah, I think you can pretty much completely write off the stuff at the end of the game as an exhausted team without two point guards playing against one of the best pressing teams in the nation. Nothing to think twice about. Yeah, I, that that good take texture. Good great take. take, great take texture. Let's all give it up for that texture steak. A lot of yeah. great takes on the yeah. Thorn text line today. 
A texter says on the Thornton's text line, TJ, I'm with you on dogs' balls when it rains. I dread rain because of because of it. I purchased the Paul Plunger a few years ago. Works great to remove dirt and grime. Still have to dry off the paws, though. Okay. All right, that's fine. I like that. It's called what's it called again? The uh, the Paul, Paul Plunger. Plunger. Great name too. It sounds like uh, something you'd see on Shark Tank. Mm-hmm. How many '90s cartoon shows can you all name? We don't have the time for it today, but probably yeah. a lot. All of them, yeah. The ones that were very underrated were the ones on like, uh, like on Fox. Like you had the Spider Mans and the X Men. Like, yeah, good, good stuff. Yeah, I was a big Transformers fan uh, in the morning before school. Oh, nice. There was no better '90s cartoon than Doug. There was Doug's a mix- good. It's 1997. I'm eating breakfast before going to school. My brother, sister, and I are arguing between Transformers, probably some doll show or something like that, or you would have Saved by the Bell. Oh. Which my brother would always want to watch. Hmm. Kelly Kapowski. Big fan of her. Wesley put me at ease. On in the mornings, too. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Wesley put me at ease with this team. If they get banged up along the way, they have beat an on-fire, fast-tempo team and then go out and grind out a win against a team that hounds you and bothers you with their length. No matter how the rest of the year plays out, UK is probably a two-seed at minimum. But I really think they win one more game and win the first SEC tournament game than UK is the fourth one seed. Just can't see any other team going two starters out and then winning uh, against two tournament teams. That's from Mook. Love the way you put it, Mook, about how they were able to beat opponents in different ways. Very important in March. Yeah, and... Uh, I, I want to shake off some of the rust, so I want this team to get as healthy as soon as possible. But uh, nice to know, exactly like you said, Mook, if it doesn't get that way, or if they do, and then it's the Sweet 16 and there's a rolled ankle, uh, hey, you've been here before. You know how it can work. You know how it can look. Uh, this team can seemingly do it all. And that makes this a really fun season. I want to thank everybody for all the texting of the show today. EJ Clark for joining us. It was a fun show. Roush and Justin, good time. Justin, good luck to your Hoosiers tonight. Thank you. I think they probably are going to need it. I'll be all right. They'll get, they'll get they the will. dog. No, they'll, they'll win tonight by 10 plus. You heard it here. Whoa. First. Roush, you wow. have a great day. Okay, buddy. You too. Have a happy Thursday, Sports Talker. And all of the listeners, you are the best. We can't thank you enough. Everybody have a good one. This is Kentucky Roll Call on the Big X Everybody just have a good time.